With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zeller. Okay, and welcome back to the next episode of Nassiman Hockey Podcast. James Nichols and John Zella here as always. And John, you had a little bit of homework. I had a little bit of homework. Um and I'm and I'm here checking on it. Did you do your homework? Yes, teacher. <laughs> um it's really good. All or nothing. Wait, what's yeah, really no, good? Yeah, what's really good? Let's start there. Um the the Amazon show, if you're if you have that subscription, um, the All or Nothing show about the Leafs, uh, it's really good. I I I super enjoy that insight into hockey in general. Yeah. Um, it's a little painful to to watch that, but I did have a lot of thoughts about the Islanders or how it relates to the Islanders somehow. But I we can go with your. Your initial reaction? Because you've only seen one episode. I'm on episode three. Yes, I'm only one episode in, and I've already learned that Sheldon Keefe has a trucker of a mouth on him. My goodness. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite thing that and the thing that sticks out the most to me um, is just like there is, you know, we, we have podcasts where we, we hear, you know, maybe a different side of players, but we got to see a different side of players. Um. And, and I just really enjoyed most of the takes that Joe Thorne was in, like when he was driving to the rink, listening to um, Sean Burke, I think, Bri- it was, Brian or, Burke. or Brian Burke. It was Brian Burke talking about uh, how the Leafs didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as he's that was his, tough. as he's on his way to the rink and he's just kind of like <laughs> laughing it off. He yeah, care. he he's brushes Joe it off Thornton. pretty well. Thornton <laughs> is a riot. He's yeah, a lot he, of fun. Um, yeah. I'm disappointed that we didn't get a lot of him, you know, on uh, you know intermission interviews and things like that. Just you know, East Coast the Islanders played him, you know, under 20 times like in his career. Um, I'm yeah. sure he would have put up a million points. We'll see him a little more yeah. this year, though. See him a little more this year. Um, yeah, because the last year was on Toronto and they didn't obviously they didn't play Toronto. So yeah, that yeah. Uh, Atlantic Division folks will will definitely see them a little bit. Um, one of the things that stood out, one of the lines that stood out to me, um, and I heard other other reviews of this as well, kind of point this out, um, was Keith saying Stanley Cup winning habits. And I couldn't help but think about the Islanders 
Okay. And how that's exactly what Lou and Trotz did with this team. Yeah. They established this was a decent team. They they made the playoffs. They had made the second round. They lost to you know a very good Lightning team, kind of on the on their way up. Um, in in 2016, they you know they had some good pieces. They had a lot of the right stuff, but it was you know that lack of deep defensive responsibility. Um, didn't have solid goaltending. They didn't have that that kind of good core from management and and the coaching staff. Like Doug Waite, hockey was just like helter skelter, you know. To, to use a Doc Emmerich term, it was just, it was all offense and you just can't, you know, yeah, they won some hockey games, but uh, it, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that sustainable. And I, I couldn't help but think about the Islanders when I heard that and how that's exactly what this team has. That's what makes this team attractive, uh, you know, to, to free agents. Obviously you have guys that want to come here now, however old they are. Um, but, you know, you have skilled guys. They've just created something really good. Um, I don't, you know, the things and the problems that you're seeing on the Leafs in this series, and I'm not even all the way done with it. It obviously gets worse. Um, well, it gets better before it gets worse, but it does get worse. It's that's it's something that they're lacking somewhere. There's something, and they tried to solve that with the Bogosian and Thornton uh, and and Simmons. And yeah. Simmons does a really good job, kind of filling a little bit of that role. Thornton keeps people loose. Keith is tough. And yeah. I think in a really good way. Um, oh, yeah. he's had a, he's had a lot of success. I believe he won a Calder Cup with the Marlies. I think so. In, in recent, you know, recent memory, he's been kind of by Sheldon Keefe's side for for some time. Um. So yeah, I I think seeing that made me really just appreciate what the Islanders not just because they're winning, but because you can you can tell like the problems that the Leafs have, the Islanders clearly do not. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I think the most interesting thing about the timing of this docu-series that's out now is uh, the future of the Maple Leafs, because this this is kind of a make or break year for the Leafs, I, I feel, uh, in terms of their organization. Uh, if they, for some reason, either one, don't make the playoffs or two are another first round exit, Kyle Dubas has got to be on the hot seat. I don't know if he's going to last if that happens. I don't know. They've changed a lot of stuff with this core. So at a, at a certain point, it's the players. They changed yeah, everything else that's around. True. It. So I think that's where they have to figure some stuff out. Is yeah. Um, they they've tried to change everything. I also I I can't help but think, and and Kyle Dubas is uh seems like a really smart guy, especially in this show. Um, Shanahan seems really competent. Sheldon Keefe seems really competent. The Jimmy VZ conversation, and you know, I guess spoilers. He has I a conversation. <laughs> um, anyway, he has a conversation with Keith, and blah blah blah. I guess you'll see that. I think part of what the problem is with VZ, and maybe a lot of players throughout, and it was the, some of the Islanders' problem in the past. A lot of other teams kind of go through this. Is that you're trying to make a role player out of someone who isn't? And right. sometimes it works and the player can adapt and sometimes it doesn't. Right. The Islanders have been really good at figuring out what those roles are, even on Michael Dalcole, right? They did they missed on it with Nied with Niederreiter, right? Um, they whatever with Hosang. But <laughs> with Dalcole, they seem to have been okay, this is uh Sezikis. These guys that they've kind of groomed over this over they, they've 
they've really been able to they adapted but the team also was like this is what you're doing this is what yeah. you're good at and they really tried to build them up and they've done that with a lot of like brock nelson is you know whether it was Tavares or now barzal he's a second line center he knows his role he's not trying to be something he's not everyone knows what they're doing I don't think that's the case with the Leafs in watching this. And I think Jimmy Vesey is just a really good example of that. Yeah. He doesn't know what he wants to be. Keith doesn't know what he is. The team doesn't know what that third line is. Talk about a revolving door over the years. So I, I think there's, again, very happy watching this, being very happy with Parise comes in. You're going to be, he knew, he knew before he, if he, if he had a thought about that. Or even before, he's watching this team, what made him interested to begin with, why he picks up the phone from Lou. I see myself there. Like, I feel like that's the thought process. I'd be a really great left winger on that line. Love to play with those guys. Same goes for Chara. Chara, exactly. I, I think they, like, they know why they're there. Everyone came in. They were handed their assignment. That was it. Yeah. And again, I, I think it's a very good kind of not a parallel just seeing thinking about the islanders after seeing something like this it's and that was obviously this team the islanders were just beyond lost you know early 2000s they they kind of find their way a little bit letting lavi let go was i think a huge mistake that you know they had a lot of opportunity there um there's some money going to the team and then it just kind of goes off into yeah whatever um but yeah, it's a very good show. If you just like hockey, kind of divorcing yourself from the fact that you're watching a Leafs program, um, even more so that you have to watch and listen to John Tavares um, for any amount of time, which <laughs> I had very mixed emotions about. I don't know how you felt about about watching him. I'm over it. It's like, who cares at this point? I mean, I, at this point, yes, I, 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 I'm not. I was never really as angry. I was disappointed. Yeah. I think. Ooh, the classic parent line. That, yeah. Or a teacher. We're <laughs> or the, yeah. We're going to stick with that theme. Um, it was hard to watch. And this might, this might, and maybe other Islander fans feel this way. Watching him practice and, you know, seeing his highlights and stuff. God, he was good. I had a lot of flash, like happy memories of flashbacks of him scoring goals and and all this stuff. And I was like, man, like I know the Islanders have done so much better without him, leaps yeah. and bounds, like just incredibly, incredibly better. But man, I couldn't, I couldn't help but sit there and go, God, he's good. Yeah, man, I like, mean, that would have been something. And it was, it just sucked to watch that. Like it made me disappointed all over again that he wasn't. He was our guy. I don't know. I no, I agree. This you know, is probably... like, it just like I missed him a little bit, and I, that's the part that maybe fans. Like, <laughs> oh no! Well, like I missed him a little bit. It just I you I remember this. He's good. I watched highlights of a, a Postos four goal game recently from years ago against yeah. who even cares? And it was I don't know some of that stuff. It was just so. Oh man. So it that's like good. that's like uh, Michael Gravner is co-hosting uh, Arthur Staples podcast for like the next month. And I'm maybe just really happy to have heard that because I was like, OK, he's not in the NHL right now. He doesn't know if he wants to retire from hockey. So it's kind of cool that like he's hanging around and, and is yeah. kind of part of the Islander community again, at least for the next month or so. But 
I'm nostalgic um, about those teams that I can really remember. Not yeah. like, oh, I remember, like, I've seen Palfi and Sal, like, yeah. sure, whatever. But, like, the teams <laughs> you really, really, like, yeah. for me, maybe it was the early 2000s, and then I kind of fall off a little bit. But then, you know, the last 10 years, like, I was really paying attention. Or maybe the last yeah. five years, like, really paying attention. And those guys, like, opposed to, like, I saw that video and we talked about it a few episodes ago, right? Now, Nicole Sherman had said, you know, who gets the whatever ceremony or one game PTO? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You know, you said Akpozo. I yeah. I mean, I just I was thinking about it, and I said Franz. Yeah, for, like I don't care that like now because they're good, you can go. I don't care that they suck. Then <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can. Yeah, we're, we're past that. Whatever. It's God. It was Grabner was so fun. God, he was yeah, so he was. much fun to watch he was fun. when he was good. Especially and... when he scored 34 goals, and we we didn't expect it because we picked him up on waivers, and it was just kind of like, what's happening here? <laughs> right? I th- You know, and I think one of my favorite Islander teams was that short, and of like, you know, the last 10 years. Obviously, I like that they got the conference final, but some like the this kind of growing team, like you saw something in that series against pittsburgh in 2013 in yeah. that short season yeah. you, you saw like they were so they were so close closer than they were two years later when they played the caps like and i just i remember that team and it was oh man that was that was the start of yeah. what we're seeing now was then yeah and yeah i think it was I, at least I, that, actually well it was like fight night plus this yeah. i thought those those two were defining moments for the franchise and doesn't th- those things don't happen? We don't get where we are now. Yeah, a lot right. again. A, by 2013, a lot of the players, the core uh, elder statesmen of this team, were on the team then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was really you saw some of those players. You're like, man, they're they're doing it. Like we saw some of them grow up. Like a post you know, what's cool too. That reminds me of um how. You know, because the Islanders are playing a few preseason games, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, in Bridgeport. And I think what's really cool is because they're they rebranded, they're trying to grow the Connecticut market. And I think what's really cool is that they're they're uh I guess the AHL affiliate Twitter, I believe that's who's tweeting out these things. Um they're interviewing current NHL Islanders um who were in Bridgeport and they're talking about how it was important for their development, Sezikis, Anders Lee, Matt Martin. And I think it's really cool that they're doing that because it's really good marketing, obviously, that one, those guys were from Bridgeport uh bred. And then and now they're on a NHL team that's a Stanley Cup favorite this year. So it's like favorite they're doing might be a really a little bit, but I understand what you're saying. Say again. Is favorite for real? Oh, I yeah, dude. I haven't seen um, that. Oh, yeah. Have you, you haven't been seeing the models? There, the Islanders right now are a lock for the playoffs, a lock for a deep run. Like a lot of people are picking them to win the playoffs. Like Dan Rosen put out on NHL.com, I'm having, I'm picking them to win the playoffs. They're a wow. favorite right now. They are. I mean, I, I'm not this putting is, them this down. I haven't even thought that far. Like, it just seems like a, Which a millennium is, away. Yeah, it's the but. way too early predictions. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, they're doing a good job marketing their homegrown talent who started in Bridgeport with the rebrand in Bridgeport. And, like, you know, we're, we watch these guys like Sezikis, Lee, Martin, 
all come through the system and now they're on a team that's playing not just meaningful hockey but competitive nhl stanley cup championship caliber hockey that's what tampa did in syracuse with syracuse yeah. so yeah. many of these players and i was talking to somebody um at a bar the other night and they were worried about tampa's third line and they're they're a hockey fan like they know the crunch and stuff like that and i'm right. like you know that there's somebody else there in waiting in the wings with the crunch i'm not i'm not worried about tampa's third line is it going to be just as good no They've just figured it out over and over again. If I'm a if I'm a Tampa fan, I'm not, uh, or a Tampa Cuse fan, as they say, I, I'm not worried about it. They they have plenty, they have plenty of talent in it's in Syracuse. They have a good mix of veteran young guys, all that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that that's the good model for the Islanders to take a look at too. How they promoted those players and right things like that. I think. I think that's important. And I think we forget, I even forget, you know, they've done a much better job on defense as of late, but Lee and Nelson are no slouch for on a regular basis. Um, Bailey didn't play in Bridgeport, but he's been here since 2008. Yeah. Um, I think he had a few games in Bridgeport, like rehab stints and stuff, but he wasn't oh, yeah. an AHL player for like, uh, you know, extended period of time. Right. So, yeah, I think it's, it's important. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, I agree. I think they're doing it right down in, in uh, Bridgeport with the rebrand. Um, you know, aside from about... the logo. Yes, <laughs> aside from the logo. <laughs> um, but they're talking about, you know, even Trotz is talking about how their their um, their new arena, or not the new arena, but they're renovating the arena and it's becoming, you know, uh, more to date and everything. And everything is just like it's pro- it's a professional uh, top to down model. They want the Bridgeport Islanders to have the literal same. Uh, model as a New York Islanders, and I think that's only uh, that can only be a good thing. Um, and I think it'll <laughs> translate to more, you know, to to more outcomes, kind of like how the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did it with the Syracuse Crunch. It'll only translate to more outcomes like that because those players in the AHL will be groomed and ready to know what it's going to be like to play in the NHL and for an organization run that way. I I agree. Hopefully, they can do that if if they can pump out you know a few more players here and there. Um. Let's go. Like, what a difference a few years make, man. What? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what some of these younger, you know, prospects. If they, the Islanders can keep, you know, one or two prospects at a time. No, I'm talking organization. Organization, yeah. Oh my god. I'm saying if this momentum continues, right? If they're just a second and third round team where they're pushing and making these runs, um, not talking about you know not a sweep in the second round, but like yeah, you know, game seven, really, really kind of pushing, um. It could the next few years could be really good if they can kind of yeah. start sliding guys in the lineup one by one, you know, replacing some of the older guys, um, figuring some things out, you know, s- some of those younger, you know, prospects or whatever, getting them through Bridgeport on defense, on offense. Um, the the core can really, you know, in a few years be really something. Yeah. You know, when if Lee and Nelson, are, you know, have diminished roles and they're a third line and you have Ratu and everybody else moving up and maybe yep. Bailey, you know, some he's the 14th guy, a 13th guy. Um, <laughs> oh man, we're getting so, ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. But I think, th- <laughs> but, but there's positive momentum. We can think that way yeah, about yeah, yeah. this team. Now it's not like, Oh, we need to say, we need Matt, Matt Barzell because this team isn't going anywhere. Right. Uh, we need a Bavillier to kind of come out of nowhere. Um, we kind of have that. And there's, prospects 
with the way that the current roster is set up, you don't need five prospects at once. Yeah. You need one, two every year-ish, every other year to kind of step up. You had Noah Dobson, you had Wallstrom. Yeah. You can you can kind of sneak some guys in here and there. Um, you don't need it. They're they're kind of pre- they're prepping for that moment when they do, but there's no need to rush it. They right. don't need they they've they've shown success with the model in the NHL. Yeah. So they'll feed they'll feed the system. I think it's time to talk about some current hockey, huh? Yeah. No more future hockey. <laughs> All right. Uh let's talk about the uh things things are winding down kind of uh when in terms of training camp. There's a, a few preseason games left, two two preseason games left to be exact. Um and the roster is starting to take shape on waivers today. Otto Koivula, Cole Boudreau, uh, Dmitry Timoshev, Andy Andreoff, Grant Hutton, Paul Ledoux, Parker Wortherspoon, Mitch Van Sample, and Ken Appleby. Uh, notables not on that waiver list are uh, Robin Sallow and Samuel Bolduck, Kiefer Bellows. Um, I don't know that those guys make the roster, especially because Bolduck hasn't skated. Um, but it's interesting to note that they haven't uh, been sent down yet. I think Robin Sallow is making a name for himself on on the Islanders. Um, I think they're really impressed, and they didn't think they had as much as they do with him now. Um, but good for Robin Sallow. I don't know that he starts the year uh, with the Islanders. I, I'm not sure because I think it's just some extra time. There's no there's no rush. Yeah, their camp isn't going yet, really. Which we've said before. Um, yeah, they just just some extra time it doesn't hurt to be around the big club. Get get a little bit extra confidence. Get some face time with with trots. Yeah, you know you have that veteran presence in the whole the whole rest the whole decor at this point. Yeah, um, it, I think it's really good for yeah. for some of those. Even even Bellows, it, you know, he's going to stick around. Whatever the case is, it's just good to to have that time. Yeah, so you know. Um... It's cool that he's making a name for himself like that, and he's sticking around a little bit longer than the other guys, and it shows you that you know they're they're confident in him, want to see a little bit more, and um, that's great. But there are you know a lot of players on this roster, so it's it's going to be difficult uh, for him to crack it right away. It's probably going to take an injury or two. Um, but good to see yesterday um, or two nights ago, as you're hearing this, that uh, Anders Lee skated in his first game since the injury. And he scored from his office right in front of the net. Um, a classic Anders Lee goal. Uh, and then in a post-game interview, he was actually asked about uh, his knee. And here's what he had to say. Yeah, it felt good to be out there. Um, nice to get on the ice and be with the boys. I think, uh, you know, it wasn't like the prettiest of games overall. I think it was kind of a sloppy game. But uh felt good at times and continuing to build on this and I wasn't really nervous about the knee or anything like that. I knew it's in a good spot. It's in a good place. Uh, we've come a long way. So it's just uh, honestly just getting reps in the game. If it was uh, just like any other preseason, getting ready for the year. So my initial thought on what he said was, you know, he said he didn't really think about it. And I think he proved that he didn't really think about it because he went right to his captain's brain and said it was a bit of a sloppy game. And he just didn't even address right away the question. He was like, yeah, I didn't think about the knee. It was a sloppy game. And he kind of started talking about the game. He's probably so um, excited. Yeah. Like, to just to be talking about hockey. Which is, he doesn't want to talk about the injury. He probably does feel better. 
just he just was he wanted to be there. He wanted to talk right. about hockey. Not and it wasn't it's an unbelievable thing for him because for him to not even be thinking about that going into the season, you know, it's not going to be something that hinders his play, right? He's not going to be fighting in front of the net and maybe lose a puck battle or or uh you know, being in front of the goaltender just because he's a little nervous as to if his knee's going to give out again. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah, I I'm excited to have him back. I, I'm really, um, and your your next note here is about the top six. Like, I'm just excited to see it go. Yeah, I want I want to see them all together. Um, I'm really, I'm like I said last episode. Uh, I'm in, in the throes of writing an article about it. Um, I I really want to see a hell of a season by Bavillier. I know what yeah. to expect from everybody else. They all continue to do a really good job. But Palmieri came in and did a really good job in the playoffs. Seven games, seven goals. Um, we know what we're getting out of everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, some question marks with Lee. Let's let's get him his timing back and all that. But god damn it, do I just want to see Bavillier just pop off this year? Just yeah. unbelievable unbelievable. Make that next contract hard. For, yeah, and you know, you know like, he's go for it. Really go for it. Yeah. He can he's... be a, a the a real difference maker on this team this year. And he started showing it already in in preseason. A couple of good uh I think he has a couple of goals, one on the power play. Uh, nice snapshot, you know, quick, uh, quick top cheddar. That was uh, a sick goal. That was a it, sick goal. It was a, it was a good goal. Um, and you'd like to see more of that again. You know, it's just preseason, so you take everything with a grain of salt. But yeah, the top six looks like it's coming to form. You know, you'll probably start seeing trots roll them out uh, regularly in the in the rest of the preseason, so they can get reps together in, in game uh, situations. Uh, Lee Barzell Palmieri is line one, and your killer bees line two. So. Uh, Good to see. And uh, here's Trotz on what he thought about the first line of Lee, Barzell, and Paul Mary. I think it can be a, a handful. You think it's got uh, all the elements that you you think of all the good lines over, over time. Um, you know, you've got a real dynamic uh, person in the middle with, uh, with Barzy. You got a, a, you know, the top shooter in uh in palmary who will go to those hard areas but you know he's a shooter um and then you've got anders lee who's you know is a is a masculine man who heads the net wins puck battles uh loose pucks those type of things and creates all those uh you know you know those those hard matchups for the the fence down low uh it, it could be a really good line uh they're, they're capable off the rush, but they're very capable capable and dangerous in zone. So I almost wonder if Trotz had actually heard some of our conversation, and I'm joking here, obviously, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wonder if, if, you know, he heard through, uh, you know, through, through the great. Which one of you that, told him? Which one of you did it? Yeah. <laughs> if if uh, someone had heard through the grapevine that, you know, Paul Mary maybe wasn't uh, the best fit on the first line because Lee's already there. Um, but, you know, he made the comment that, yeah, you know, he's a shooter. He's a, and he's a good shooter. And, you know, it's actually over the past couple of weeks, you know, I know we said maybe Walsham would be a better fit. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but it's been, you know, proven by some writers, um, which, by the way, Islanders country's spoiled with good writers, um, you know, that Palmieri actually does shoot a little more from distance than Lee does. And this might not be a bad formula to go into 
uh, the season with on the first line. Are you, are you talking about Mitch's stuff? So Mitch, yeah, Mitch found a, a nice heat map where did he make all, it or did because I, I saw that made so I was going to oh it's um icy data maybe he made hockey. it or maybe no it's, oh, oh, uh, is that what it is yeah um at icy data underscore hockey yeah so and I was going to bring it up that was on that was on my list because we we did not think the same thing about their games right and uh turns out I was right <laughs> they were turns out that you were right um yeah, so you know, Palmieri actually does have a history of scoring from a little bit more of a distance than from the front of the net, like lead. He does also have a a good percentage. I think it's you know a pretty even split for Palmieri, where he scores from a distance and from in front of the net. Whereas Anders Lee is pretty much just from the front of the net. He doesn't shoot a ton. He's more of a rebound, uh, clean up the garbage kind of guy. But um, you know, uh, again. I always knew Palmieri had a good shot. I just thought his style was a little closer to Lee's. But, you know, again, I'm I'm not afraid to say that the styles it's going to work. I, the I, styles I, aren't I've closer. Been convinced. Yeah, the the styles aren't necessarily closer. Even with Everly, even though their numbers were closer, and that was one of Mitch's great points was where was this argument when Everly was on the team? Their game's obviously very different. It's just where they score goals from. Mm-hmm. That's that's not necessarily the same thing yeah um, which is a valid how point. they how they get to that point isn't the same thing but on top of that palmieri obviously isn't scoring goals from there or not as many goals from there and that's why i think this balance will will work really well yeah i think ultimately you know one thing about palmieri you know he's not afraid to fight and get the pucks out of corners and stuff but he's also not afraid to bang bodies closer to the net whereas he's a feisty dude I, he's a, he's I do like dude. that bite to his game. That first line, especially with Lee, but adding Palmieri as well. They're not going to be fun to play against. Yeah, I think, you know, Paul uh, Everly tried to fancy his way through defenders and, and score from the bottom of the circle. And I think it might work a little better for a guy like Palmieri, where he's he's probably not going to try and fancy his way through defenders, but he's going to he's going to push through and he's going to get through and he's going to fight his way to the you know, maybe not the front of the net, but to the bottom of the circle where he can get a good shot off. And maybe that that works better than the, you know, the the soft hands and, and the dangles. He creates that that role on the team is Barzell, right? right Barzell right. is going to be shifty, find, uh, get it, get a good look. Palmieri's job is to find the hole, right? Find the open space in the high slot. Lee's down low. That's that is how that is going to work. And. And if it's not Barzell making the pass, it's Palmieri making the pass to Barzell. Yeah. I'd love to see that same kind of heat map about Barzell. I wonder where he's scoring a bunch of goals from too. I I, I would something tells me it's closer it's to, to Palmieri. So it's a good they can both kind of do that. Obviously, Kyle's not as talented on, on a skates as Barzell. Few players are. Yeah. Um, but that line I think that the chemistry will work out yeah it's going to be fine um you know either way whether it was going to be walsh or palmary i thought it was going to work out fine um but ultimately trots did decide that it's going to go to palmary first and um will likely open the season that way and uh trots did have some comments on wallstrom he said that uh you know he's not having the best camp so far um and you know i, I don't know we haven't got to see him a ton because mostly the games haven't been aired and 
they're figuring that out right now or or they've been figuring it out on the fly for preseason. Um, but from what I've seen, he's been okay. Um, now, it's, again, preseason, so take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, maybe he should be lighting it up because, you know, he's supposed to make the NHL roster. But, um, again, I, I don't know. When, when you get into the flow of things and get a few games under your belt, then we'll see. I don't think he's not going to make the roster. And that kind of comment maybe just be, you know, yeah, he's not having the best camp. He's he's at where he was last year, where I expected him to be a little higher, right? And then maybe he's just trying to light a fire under his ass. It could, you know, Trotz is, knows what he's doing. Young guy, you need to kind of get him going a little bit. Um, I think that's, I think that's right or yeah. partially right. Um, you know, he could just not be hitting his potential. I, we saw what he could do at a 20, 22 goal pace last year. Um, it's the good thing about a good season is that you need to follow it up. You know, so you don't want a, a sophomore slump. And right. a lot of players are susceptible to that. I think part of, and this is obviously before the season, the preseason started, but I think starting Wallstrom on that third line doesn't necessarily set the expectation for the preseason, right? Like that yeah, Trotz did true. not think, oh, all right, he's going to, you know, I'm going to put him on this and he's not going to, he's not going to like it, but it gives him something to be hungry for. It gives him responsible line mates to play with and veterans to, to skate alongside with slightly lower expectations for what the line is responsible for scoring wise, but still gives him a lot of room, gives him better defensive matchups, um, get him going a little bit. You yeah. know, he's still going to get, he's going to get power play time. He's going to get, he's going to get top line minutes in some respects, or at least top six minutes with the power play where yeah. Peugeot is not going to get that. Maybe Maybe Parise on the second unit just to kind of be in front of the net. We'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, I think that's um, that's important for Wallstrom. It it gives him room to grow. You're not you're not setting him up for failure. You're setting him up to to gain some momentum, get something going here. Another prospect that somebody had asked me about minutes before uh, the first game against Philly was uh, you know how does. Kiefer Bellows look. And I was like, oh, it's been a subpar audition thus far. And then minutes later, he scores the first goal. <laughs> um, so that was that was good to see. It's interesting that he got and that the was run. off the rush with Barzell. Yes, it was. And it was interesting because he got that that chance to play on Barzell's line and he looked pretty good. He had a couple of scoring chances. So no contract yet, as far as we know, for Kiefer Bellows. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it's done and in a table and, and we're, you know, yeah, they're on the air. If they're on the ice, yeah, some something is signed, and it's not a PTO, right, right. So, so it's so they're okay. They're, yeah, they're getting. There's a bunch of two ways. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're making it work. Look, I, I wonder if some prospects are like, I'll take a two way. I, I want a one way, but I want to be on this team. I want a shot. Yeah, you know, like you want to be a part of that. You're not, you know, I don't think it's gonna be like the Boston Bruins where they're taking team discounts, you know, home team discount all the time. But these guys want to be here. No, you know, the, young, the young guys are like, there's not that many prospects ready, right? If Bellows can just get back on track, he takes Parise's spot next year or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a bad there, idea. There's that's an not... opportunity, or or the second line, right. or you know, Bailey's spot, or something, right? Like, there's it's not that's not crazy to think about. I'm not saying he's right. le- I'm, by saying that I'm not saying he's a leapfrogging Wallstrom at all either. 
but he no. has an opportunity to find a spot on this roster. Like it's not that crazy. Yeah. He needs to that, have that line could easily year. be Bellows, Parise, and and Wallstrom next yeah. season. Yeah, he needs to work his ass off this year. He needs to have this like um the kind of year where you're like, leave him in Bridgeport and let him lead this team. Let him just get all the confidence in the world and bring him up and during the playoffs, get him back with the with the the big club, get that exposure with him, see really how it's done. Yeah. Um couple an injury here, there, whatever he gets in the lineup, you know, in the playoffs, you you make stuff happen. Yeah. You're hungry. You know, I, I think that's yeah. um he's there. Like there's something. They need to develop it. Hopefully Bridgeport can bring it out of them yeah. on a consistent basis. He's he's also he's very young and he's he's not a big gentleman. So could be, you know, put some weight on, a whole bunch of stuff. Just have a good year. Yeah, we'll see what happens with uh Kiefer Bellows. But over on the blue line, um gotta talk about Eric Gustafson, man. He is playing well uh another two assists in the last game against philly and you know i don't really see too many defensive lapses with him right now maybe it's the system and it's a good system for him to be in because he can bring the offense and maybe not be a liability on the ice here and there the way that and i've seen after we said it um i feel pretty confident in that after we said it i saw a bunch of people recently during the preseason say oh maybe he'll kind of tag in every once in a while for Chara or green or whatever. I think it's a possibility. It's, it's not, not crazy. I have a a feeling that he's going to, and, and a lot of people have already said this. I think he's going to win a contract. And I think that's ultimately going to be why Robin Sallow gets a, a year in, in the AHL, which I'll think, which I think is fine for him. Um, but I think Gustafson is going to win a contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an every night guy. And Andy Green sits one game, and then Chara sits one game, and then Andy Green sits one game, and then Chara sits one game. I don't know how that dynamic is going to work, because uh, we'll talk about how Chara has looked with Dobson in, in a minute. But, you know, Gustafson, he's only 29, and he's not that, we've said this already, but he's not that far removed from a 60-point year. Maybe he just had a few off years, kind of like Atu Ratu in the COVID years. I mean, you need... If it's, you know, we could talk about the system and other teams say that about the Islanders and the goal. T- I don't give a shit about that. If the system can help and they're winning games, you're, you're just jealous if you're that's what you're pointing to and blah, yeah. blah, blah. If Gustafson can benefit from that, Who that's cares? great. And you Amazing. need him. You, you don't really even need him to score goals. You need him to make, you know, play a solid game. Be a quarterback be, on the power play. Or just don't be noticeable. <laughs> be a fucking ghost out there. But that's the thing. I think that he's. I think he's going to be more than that, right? I think. He's, and I think he can be more than that. My point is, if he's just there to get a rest for Charo Green, be a ghost. Don't. Yeah. I don't want to hear your name. Get the puck out of the zone. Get it to those players. Clear the front of the net. Block a few shots. Your guy. Be. Be regular guy and don't don't <laughs> fuck up. That's it. Be- that's your role in this team. That's it's like some third lines on just you're here to make sure other people can get a rest. <laughs> be regular guy. Be I like just, that line. Just be unnoticeable. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think, you know, and, and again, I think he could be a little more than that. I think he's going to be important for driving offense. I think he's going to be important for transitioning from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. He looked real good on that breakout where he he made a good first look pass to Clutterbuck. Um, His skating and, doesn't look great. 
I'll say I'll say that. Maybe not, but he chunky. makes up for it with his decision making. Oh yeah, I mean the the pass look the pass looked great. Right. Um and I yeah, for what he's being asked to do, I think it's fine within the system. Seems like it's a very plug and play for guys that are just committed to learning it and doing it. Yeah. Um it's clear he's kind of moved up and you know uh Staple mentioned this in a recent article. He's clearly moved ahead of Hickey, you know, in, in some favor. I don't, you know, there you yeah. haven't heard much if if anything from about him. Haven't really heard anything about Aho either. Uh, uh actually no. Uh, Sebastian Aho um Trotz has liked his game. Says he's looked really good. He's had a really strong camp. And those are Trotz's words. So again, another guy who's on contract who I think at this point you're probably looking at Gustafson as seven uh, and Aho is eight. He's like the odd man out. And I said yeah, this again this morning too. Um, no know, one can use this guy. Like they can't trade him for a fourth. Like I just want to see him play. <sighs> so like, I, he, he's a guy I want to see succeed. Like just So this morning, Elliot Freeman put out another 31 thoughts and um, the, the written version <laughs> and um, 30, 32. Uh, you know, I I feel like he did say it was 31, but you're right. Either way, he put out a thoughts article <laughs> and uh, spoke about Ross Johnston and how the Islanders for the past couple of seasons haven't wanted to put him on waivers because they he they know that there are uh, people or, or other teams who are interested in maybe snagging him off of waivers. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because I wouldn't be surprised if there's another move for opening night. I really wouldn't be. There's so many. There's so many contracts. Where are all these guys going to fit? And you're not going to lose a Johnston for nothing if you know that there are other teams who are waiting for that to happen. I did see something, and I'm going to try to find the tweet as as we're discussing it. But uh, a taxi squad was not out of the question. That for, I also for did this see. year. Yes. So I now waivers still exist for those. And I believe it's the same rules as last year that those same things would apply for this season. Yeah, it could be. I'm not um, sure. And and they don't even have. Af- go ahead. They don't even know if it's going to happen. Sorry. You no. Can go. no, no, no. I I'm not. I'm not sure what every other team's waiver situation is. Um, Johnson's on an affordable contracts. So a lot of these players are on pretty affordable contracts. Um, it's something the Islanders can leverage throughout the season and get guys rest if they need it. Uh, or just know that they have depth that are just around the team. So I, I'm I'm with you. I don't really know. I mean, there's certain players that are definitely going to be on waivers. Um, yeah. I think the I was I think we did the math last episode, and I can't remember how we how we got the 23. <laughs> um, two two goalies. That's that's 21. We know the six and seven with Gustafson, so that's nine, right? Yeah. What does that leave us with? Uh, I don't know. I can't math right now. It's been a long day. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. So 23 <laughs> minus 2 minus 7. It's 14. So yeah. that's, that's that's your 12 guys. You know who they are, plus jo- Ross Johnson and Leo Komarov. Yeah, but and you know. Almost a- like you can take that to the bank, that that's who it is. Now, that's 23. Um Varlamov might be he's not been on the ice yet. No. Schneider did get a shutout the other night. No contract. Good. No contract. 
that we know of. Um, so Varlamov, what I'm worried about is Varlamov's actually out and needs to be on LTIR for two weeks. And that means Schneider's backing up and Sorokin just freaking going for it. Could be. Um, so that saves you the Schneider situation. And that's likely a two-way deal, not a problem. Um, I don't know if it's going to be an LTIR but, thing. It, but, we'll talk about Varlamov later. Um, I mean, we could talk about Martin for a second. He might not be around for the beginning of the season. We, right. we don't exactly know. He's been doing drills uh, better part of a week. Who who knows? Does that mean that... So you still have a Richard Panic around? Does he get that shot? Is Dow Cole, who's kind of... Or Ross Johnson, for that matter, he can he can easily take that spot. I right. hope that that's the case, honestly. But, you know, so you're at risk at lo- of losing uh, a Dow Cole, a Richard Panic. Well, Dow Cole is going to be on a two-way. Sure. Okay. So, but he's... Whatever the case is, but so you're losing panic then. I don't know that. I mean, which is why, which is why I feel there's a possibility that there could just be a cap move, a cap dump. I, I the odd man out to me is Leo Komarov. Unfortunately, I listen. You can hate Leo Komarov really as much I as really, you want. I disagree with that. But he's he's the he makes three million dollars a year. You have to you have to move that because you're it. Do you want a three million dollar a year Leo Komarov, or do you want a one point five ish and change uh, Richard Panic? One point three seven five for for Panic. I don't. Di- I'm not disagreeing with who do we want. Look, I'm trying to think. If I'm Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarola, what are we doing? We're keeping Leo Komarov. That's just what they they like. It's a safety blanket, as as Staple said in, in a recent piece. Komarov, I think, is sticking around. They can move Dal Cole down. And save that money. They can move Hickey down and save that money. They can move Panic or move him down, whatever the case is. You're saving a few million dollars there. All of a sudden, you actually have some cap space. Um, now, they're going to do that as close as possible to the start of the season so that they can maximize LTIR. But for Boychuk, because right. he's whatever. Um, but I, th- I think Komarov and Johnson are your safety blanket depth players. You can always call up a Del Cole. You know who you who else you have in the A. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you're right. It would be f- kind of fantastic, um, but I I don't see it from how they've utilized. Like Comrade does not go as he doesn't he doesn't go from you know playing first line minutes for whatever reason to just being an extra guy you can trade. That doesn't strike me as. A possibility. I don't know. I, I I don't know because the the depth is different this year. It's different. I mean, it, it the thing is, it for Trots as far as who he can trust as on a veteran presence, it it severely drops off if you move Leo. He, I don't know anything about Richard Ponick. Maybe maybe well, they do. Richard Ponick's been around a long time. He's been around a long time, and he's he's been on some pretty pretty good uh, contending teams. I mean. So maybe maybe that's really good then. I don't know. I don't know much about him. Yeah, but I assume they knew something. But I don't know. Ditching Komarov doesn't. Who and who could take that contract? I mean, um, Ottawa. Yeah, they're below the floor, but they still have to sign Kachuk. Detroit. They're below the floor, still have to sign Kachuk, but they'll still be like ten million dollars, maybe fifteen million dollars. Uh, in, in cap space, 
I think it depends on actual cash. A lot of those teams don't want to spend the actual money. Cap hits fine for the one it's, year. It's cash owed. Year. Yeah, a lot of those teams are just straight. Who's even? It's it's like Buffalo. They just yeah, like Buffalo. not. They're just looking to not pay people. Yeah. Arizona. <laughs> I I don't they're know. I to think. Pay people. I what's that? They're looking to pay people. They're paying everyone right now. <laughs> yeah, but and they're all on expiring deals, which makes a lot of sense for Komarov. That was yeah. the case because in a second they're going to have like a billion first and second round picks, and nobody on the roster. It's going to be like an expansion <laughs> franchise. Um, they'll yeah. rebuild quicker than Buffalo after even you know without they lost an OEL and uh, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's, a mess. that's tough. That's definitely tough. Uh, let's talk about Char and Dobson real quick. Uh, Chara's game in the, in that uh, second game against the Flyers looked real good. Uh, Dobson's looking pretty good himself. Uh, I really like that pairing, and I'm fairly confident that we're going to go into the season with that as the second pairing behind Pelican Pollock. Yeah, I mean, I would call the second and third pairing two second pairings. Sure. Because I, yeah. I think the minutes will be really close. Um, if Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be good. I think both pairings are going to be very good. I like that Mayfield gets a little more stability with Green. I like that Chara and Dobson are working out. Um, yeah, get get Dobson on his way. Chara seems to have yeah. the whatever he's doing. He's got that touch. Whatever that touch is, keep <laughs> keep doing it. Uh, before we move on, let's just take a quick break and let's get to our sponsors. Support for this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's how to play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you one big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Additional support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Guess what, fellas? The boys are buzzing because hockey is back. Want to know what else is buzzing? The Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped. They are the global leaders in male grooming, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Don't get chirped this year for having a Jumbo Joe Bush below the waist. Join the Manscaped movement for all your hairiest grooming needs. Get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. Personally, I'm in love with the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. Included is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, formulations, and two free gifts. This package is the perfect package to help you put the D back in your defense. The opening face-off in the Battle of the Bush is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer versus your pubes. 
This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Not only that, but the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch which can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn on the 400K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? So don't take a penalty below the waist. Playoff beards are meant for your face, not your pants. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NHP20 at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon and fight your bush with the other guys. Choose Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code NHP20. Don't get denied pipe this season and shave your pants pucks with the right tools for the job. All right, so like we mentioned before the break, uh, Matt Martin is on his way back. He uh, did a few drills with his teammates per Arthur Staple on Friday, uh, his first time skating with a full group th- uh, this camp. He's still a few days away from full participation, even in a practice, which means uh, Martin, who did have ankle surgery, might not get any preseason games in. Um, he could be a candidate for the final two on uh, Thursday in Newark or maybe uh, on Saturday in Bridgeport. Uh, don't know yet. We'll find out. Um, I think also skating today was Samuel Bolduck, so that's good news to, uh, as well. He was also on the ice. Um, all right, Semyon Varlamov, will he be ready for the start of the season? Uh, at first, it started with uh, Trot saying his injury is nothing serious. It's something we want to get 100% cleared up so he doesn't have any issues uh, in what's going to be a trying year. Once we get going, there's no time for him to recover. That was a few days ago. Um, and then this morning um, at uh, practice after practice, uh, Trotz had this to say about Semyon Varlamov. Um, I would say we'll probably zone in on Sorokin and Schneider. Um, Vardy's not going to play tomorrow night and, uh, and very unlikely to play uh, against the Rangers right now. Uh, we're... We're probably really looking at the Carolina game right now as we're, um, you know, we're, we're working that way. So he's just getting back on the ice here. So um, we're going to take our time, as we, we said. And uh, so right now, it's the window's gotten getting a little, little short for Varley, uh, for me, maybe uh, for even opening night. Uh, so it started as... You know, he'll be, he should be good to go for opening night. And now it's, yeah, it's a little fuzzy for opening night. So um, you did hear Trot say that they're going to focus on uh, Ilya Sorokin. He's probably going to get the bulk of the games. Um, it was good that Schneider got that shutout against Philadelphia on Tuesday um, because prior to that, you know, Trotz had admitted, you know, he didn't show me much. He, he wasn't, um, you know, someone I could turn to and feel confident in. And he actually doubled down on that in comments with Varlamov saying, if we didn't have Sorokin, yeah, I'd be a little worried. So, um, but it's looking like uh, Sorokin and Schneider are going to be your duo going into uh, the game in North Carolina. Um, And then we'll see how much time it takes after that for Varlamov to recover. I hope he doesn't miss too much time. Uh, I think it sounds like they're just being like, they're not happy with, how slow it's moving but it's not serious yeah maybe they just they just want it to get better and there's no reason it's early in the season 
Um, Varlamov will likely be in and around Team Russia in the Olympics. Um, granted, he's not hurt. So they it's there's no reason to rush him back. You have Sorokin there. You have a veteran in, in Schneider who we all hope can step up if and when. Um, you're probably right. Sorokin gets a majority of the starts unless it's a back-to-back. They might even just let him ride. Depending they might. On- they really might, depending on who they're playing out west. Yeah, so it, it's a long 13 games to start the season. I think yeah. now all of a sudden that narrative changes a little bit. Ken Sorokin, he's never had to go through this kind of travel before. He was in the bubble, and last season it was very small within um, within the Northeast. He's never really had to deal with this this type of like he's the guy first. You know, let's call it the first um, close to twenty games. That'd be a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you know, he was the go to guy in the KHL, and he admitted himself that he feels like he plays better with more, you know, go more time under his belt. If he plays on a on, on a 50-50 basis, I think he's still going to be fine. But if he's playing night in and night out, even if it's back-to-backs, according to him, he likes that better. I mean, Grice was a lot like that, too. There was like a sweet spot of games where he played really well. You saw his numbers like really amazing some years. Yeah. And he played like 41 to 43 games. That yeah, was like where a his 960 sweet spot save was. percentage. Yeah, it was un- <laughs> unbelievable. And so there's probably, you know, his sweet spot sweet spot too. The issue is he hasn't done it in a while. He it's uh, some acclimation. I'm going in with um you know, I'm not worried, but I'm not just letting it go. I'm not right. I'm not going to sit here and just toss it away like it's not a big deal. Um definitely approved me time for him. Uh, yeah. He has a lot of that experience. He's not that young. I mean, he's not he's not old by any stretch, but he's a veteran, ho- a professional hockey player, you know. So I th- I think um, you're probably right in a lot of respects there, but I definitely want to see it, man. Like, it's not going to be easy. Some of those games are going to be are going to be tough. There's not you're not you know the they play the Hurricanes, the Panthers, um, within two days, and they travel. Um, Back-to-back Coyotes, Golden Knights. Um, I imagine Schneider gets that Coyote start. Um, yeah, you, you that play, would be. Or I've heard before that you play your better goalie in the game you know you're going to win. And to not what you the two points. You guarantee the two points. And I've, I've heard that before. So that's contrary to what you'd it. think where you play the better goalie against the better team. Um, and then at that point, you just play Sorokin twice. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I mean, then they have a little bit of a, a decent break there after the 24th. They have six days, uh, five days in between, um, five, six days before the the Predators. And then the schedule um, still takes a little bit of a break, but then it picks up after that. So um, it's possible. They, that's the only set of back-to-backs through... Um, through Thanksgiving, honestly. Through the, the we'll see, though, because so. we're, we're almost assuming that you know, Varlamov's going to miss the whole trip, and, and that's not right now what the indication is. The indication is uh, maybe he might miss the first game of the road trip. Maybe. We don't know yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, I think it's time to head around the rink somewhere where we haven't been in a, in a little while, but uh, heading there once again. 
you see what happened in, in the Ukrainian league, man? This incident that went on. We we haven't been around the rink in a little bit, so we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it. We but, touched um, on it maybe last week. Okay. But things kind of developed and they um well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. There's yeah. actually a so the, the racist gesture directed at Jalen Smerick. Um, he took a leave of absence from the team, stating, I will not play another game in the UHL until Andre uh, Deniskin is suspended and removed from the league. <sighs> he only got a three-game suspension, um, and then he can add 10 games, um, which are, that makes him avoid sitting out. He can add ten games or take the equivalent of an eighteen hundred dollar or nineteen hundred dollar. It's a thirteen fine. game. It's a thirteen game suspension. He can okay. take out ten games and pay a fine, which I think I saw was under two thousand, worth like two thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, the bottom which, line is that this is just a, a the UHL should be embarrassed. I I think hockey should be embarrassed for this. This is. This was an American guy that did it. Yes. Um, yes. That and too. It's, and and it's just one of the one of them is American. I can't I can't remember, but it's disgusting. Either either way, you don't want it to happen to somebody like that. Um, good for him for you know sitting out. Um, who knows if he, he'll get paid? I I really hope he is because he it's, should. You there's no reason for him to to play in a league like that. That's kind of letting it happen. Um, I hope someone gives him a chance somewhere. It's just some like, AHL team or ECHL or I hope someone gives them a chance to play because that's not that's not fun. Uh, Wayne Simmons has come out and say that that's not unheard of. A lot, um, a lot of hockey players um, of all, of all ethnicities in the NHL have come out and said something about this and and all this uh, and their own experiences and their own experiences and it's just do we not learn? Do we not learn? Does history not teach us anything? What, what, what is, what are we not doing here? Honestly, it's not even enough for that to just not happen. We don't want players around that even think this. And I think that's the the problem, right? It's bound to come out when you just have people around that think this stuff. Um, it's awful when it's said, but it's, it's a thought of a lot. Yeah. And then you have teams in the NHL. Who the NHL did not say a, a peep about this, as far as I'm, as far as I saw, and they could have made a statement and just banned them from the NHL. Not that this guy was ever going to make it the league, but set a precedent for any anywhere else, right? It's you're awful. the you're the, you're the league people look up to. You're setting an example. Do literally anything, but again, you you know, as I was starting to say, but you know, you have a team like Carolina who brings in a player who is very obviously, you know, thinks this kind of thing and then brings on um, an indigenous player in Ethan Bear. And what are you, what are you doing? And that's, you know, all the, you know, and it's the, the NHL just can't get out of its own way with all this of hockey in general, can't get out of its own way. Um, you just, you kind of, no one's ever put their foot down. Um, but it's like that with a lot of sports just yeah. in general that you kind of look the other way. And we'll talk about something else that the NHL is going to investigate within two seconds because somebody said something. Mm-hmm. But other stuff, they're like, oh, the Blackhawks. Yeah. Guess we'll never know. And it's like, you know, as soon as it's something like that they want to shut down, they'll do it. Or Vander Kane with this, you know, it's like anything that they, they can really wrap their arms around. They're going to shut it right down. But it's all this other stuff that can really be terrible for the game. Right. 
um, because it hits them in the pocketbook instead of, you know, caring about your players, which is more important. They'd rather do that. They'd, they'd rather make sure their pocketbook's safe. Well, I hope for the sake of Jalen Smarrick that, uh, you know, that this is rectified properly because there was pretty big backlash on it from a number of people, um, a number of important people, not to say that not everyone's important, but the high ups in the in the hockey world, um, not just the NHL, but all around had a, had a, a big problem with the quote unquote punishment. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see something change in that uh, regard soon. I'm I'm glad you said that. And exactly. It, it reminded me of a question that I heard, for, you know, I saw it on Twitter or heard it on other shows. Do you think that the 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 media folks that you're talking about, the players, whatever, are saying this because maybe not the players so much. I think they were going to say stuff. They're they're trying. Some a lot of players are trying to do the right thing. But do you think the people in and around the game are saying stuff as critical as they are about the UHL because it's the UHL and they wouldn't do this to the NHL? There was harsh words. There were harsh um, words about this. That's a Do you good think, question. I don't think so. I think if it's the NHL, look at like Rick Westhead and Katie Strang and all these reporters getting the word out about this stuff. It kind of goes away. Well, in this league, it's not. There's well, not these questions. There's not things that hang on now. Players Be- don't care. Like they're signing now. with these teams. Like timeout, because literally what you're asking me has already happened with Robin Lehner and we can talk about it. Right. Well, now there's some stuff happening with that. Yes. And they're willing to investigate it in two seconds, but there's all that other stuff, the social responsibility stuff. They, they it's, no, you're right. It's too easy. They're, they're ignoring it too easy. It's, I don't I know think, how it, and that's, that's my question. I don't think they're not questioning it the same way that the media, they're not holding the NHL's feet to the fire. That's, on, on a regular basis, like they are the UHL. They're not doing that with the NHL. Players aren't doing it. Um, media's not doing it. I don't know. So what I, what I think we could see possibly happen, and I, this is just me um, coming up with a scenario off the top of my head. Robin Leonard, you know, we saw what happened with his Twitter, um, you know, ranting and and rightfully so. About the situation regarding, no, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a rant. He he posted some tweets. Okay, it was he he was posting some information, not yes. to diminish. Sorry, I'm not like calling you out. I just no no. Just, I just I just want to set it. Yeah, he, he posted some tweets. He was trying, getting tweets. some information out there. Um, I like that better anyway. You thank you. Um, post some tweets about um you know certain medications given to players and and chiming in on the Jack Eichel situation. Um, and you know, in regards to w- him speaking out that way, said to me, you know what, maybe this is the beginning because he's a current player and not just a player, a star, right? He's the starting goaltender of a Vegas Golden Knights team who is expected to be a Stanley Cup contender. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to try and quiet him because he's not going to be quiet, he's a different kind of person. And he's going to continue to, you know, speak his mind if they if he feels like he's not getting the proper attention uh, focused to the issue at hand. Now, I don't know what happens in in the future, but is it is it 
unreasonable to think that maybe they create a position in the NHL where maybe Robin Leonard, when he's done playing in his career, becomes the head of uh, players, players' mental wellness or something like that and makes sure that these things are set in stone and, and, and put into the right place for, I don't know, the, the, the players, the, the NHLPA. Right? Is that is that a far fetched concept? I think that that's something that they could make happen. The NHL is creating positions all the time. This is, I think, part of this is he's calling out a part of hockey culture. You have to remember, it's, right? It's all of this. Um, oh, he's playing through the pain, and oh, he's he's taking an Advil on the bench, and this and that. like. That's that's not okay. It's not like this right. isn't. This is real life. These are these are people. This is why we're talking about the Jack Eichel thing. You so can want point, him to be traded and have you know the game is better with a minute. And we said this last week. I think his his day to day life must be terrible. You ever just like sleep and your neck hurts? Yeah, like, you sleep hurt. Like dude is probably in ten times more the pain. Yeah, and can tough. do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And. Typically, you know, people always oh, not tough in his way. Why doesn't he just take something for it and blah, blah, blah. Or like how they're soldiering through the playoffs and this and there. He came back in the game after dude, these guys. And how do you think they're getting through this? Right. Yeah, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. There's definitely supplements. There's definitely right. stuff going on. And so it's I, not good. I think my point here in all this is that someone like Robin Lanner um, could start to be the change. He, they need I, an alcohol and other drugs counseling type thing yeah. um, as a, on the player's side. And the PA, who needs to kind of step up in general and actually take care of its players, um, hold the NHL team's owners to the feet to the fire. Yeah, they, they need somebody, you know, in colleges they have the, you know, alcohol and other drug counselors or whatever you want to call it, whatever this position that you're, that you're discussing, whatever people want to call right. it. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I, th- I, think- I think it'd be worth it. I think someone like him could be the change. This could be the start of it, you know, maybe behind the scenes, you know, now I know now that he's, so I'm glad we brought this up because um, Robin and I on Twitter had a little bit of a run in only due to miscommunication. Um, And I'm happy we, Robin and I were able to clear this up behind the scenes. And he knows now that I'm on his side of it. You know, I had basically said like, you know, I quote tweeted his thread and I said, one, this is extremely eye opening, And two, I hope Robin's okay. And I didn't mean um, anything other than this has to be hard to watch, right? He's a guy who's dealt with something like this in the past and having to watch it happen um, to other players, let alone colleagues and, and friends. Um, Cause remember he played in Buffalo. He was with Jack Eichel for a little bit. It's gotta be hard to watch. You know, he knows what he's going through. So it's upsetting to see. And they didn't even see eye to eye. Like I, right. My, my understanding. Right. So it's, that's, that's right. Yeah. I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, friend of the show, uh, Eric cousin, uh, sister podcast on the hockey podcast network. We're all a little crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, we you reached out to him, and so yeah, between you, the three of you, the three of us got had a conversation together, and uh, yeah. Now Robin Leonard knows that quote. You're a good guy. Unquote. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wasn't trying to say, you know, he, you know, because what his comment was to me was, oh yeah, it must be because I'm mental or something, you know, something of the sort, or has to do with mental health. I was like, no, 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 that's not what I mean at all. I, I mean that this was incredibly brave. I hope you're okay because, you know, seeing a, this happen to a friend, that's it's got to be tough. The whole so, the whole thing, whether that's people 
continuing to be fed medication that they shouldn't be, a player that's very hurt, that's going through something very hard, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think just being an athlete, like, yeah. hope you're hope you're okay, man. Like, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. That's, so that's it. The whole like you know mental health thing is important. Yeah. Um, he's part of a big part of pushing that forward. I'm happy that he was part of the honor family for however briefly and he had all that success and now he's the number one guy in vegas that's awesome yeah you want to you want to see that um as much as possible there aren't enough spots in the league but happy to have a a story tied to the honors like that yeah um the good news about all this is that you know the league has spoken to robin leonard and they have uh you know leonard has openly stated that it was a positive conversation um, and he can see the change uh, should be coming, and it, it, it's, it's on its way. So um, it's good to hear. Uh, hopefully, everything that has been spoken about with, you know, Nolan Patrick had this this issue as well in Philly, and that's someone or, well, so, or a team that Leonard called out. And um, somebody broke news about it, and I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, I forget. I forget. And his it name was too. it was kind of retracted or whatever the case was. So that was a little messy. It's um, interesting too because Nolan Patrick's now in Vegas with Robin Leonard, right? And he's had a kind of an injury played career, so that yeah. does, that wouldn't surprise me if there was some, makes sense. Just kind of some issues. Um, Elaine Vigneault did did not really address, unsurprisingly, did not really address Leonard's Leonard's comments. Some of Leonard's con- comments, um, he later clarified that it, he didn't think because it made it sound like Vigneault was actually handing the medication out himself. Yeah, Leonard later went back and clarified that that yes. was not the case. So this kind of got this went on to like this roller coaster back and forth with a lot of different people. And, right. Um, it was, I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was tough to watch. You don't really want that kind of attention towards the league. And that's why the NHL is trying to put the, the kibosh on it, at least get it under control with him and, um, and control it. Uh, Batman's not stupid. You wish, that they had the same sense of urgency with Chicago um, to, to get that under control or any other of the issues that go on throughout the league and that that happened. Um, it's disappointing, again, when it's going to hit them in the pocketbook. They, they're they very quick. Yeah. When there's something with the long, with sponsors and different, like as soon as it's something like that, they seem to, they seem to know exactly what to do. And when it's, um, a team and owners and this and whatever the case is there, you know, oops, that's terrible. You know, I, I yeah. hate to see it. I think yeah, there's you, you uh, hope that. Um, no, go ahead. No, I was going to kind of move towards Eichel for a second. Yeah. Um, I believe teams are receiving his medical records. Yeah. Um, there's um, some movement there. Um, yeah, Nick people... actually just tweeted that the Rangers are one of the teams uh, interested in Jack Eichel and they're past the medical records. They're actually moved on to uh, they're willing to work with Eichel on the surgery that he wants to get. Uh, however, there is no indication that a deal is close. So it's it's that's not a report that, you know, the Rangers are the favorites because they're not. There's like five or six teams who are in on Eichel. Um, but things are progressing for Jack Eichel. Yeah, I, um, a lot of people were saying, and I'm kind of in on this, that maybe L.A. Um, 
could be one of the top teams. I'd love to see him just go to the West Coast, honestly, just so that he's just out of East hair. Los um, Angeles, who just lost Quinton Byfield to a fractured foot. Saw that for some time, right? Yeah, he's going to be out a little while. Um, Maybe Calgary. I don't know what their cap situation is like. I saw San Jose. That's interesting to maybe, me. Maybe. I just something West. All those teams sound good. Um, <laughs> it's, it's totally Anaheim. fine. Anaheim. Like, I don't want to see him on a bad team. Like, I want to see him play really well. I think LA is kind of up and coming. They're the New Jersey Devils of the West. I agree with that. And I think it would be that would be a real good piece for them to kind of build around some of their bets. Um, kind of move into a little bit of a new era there. I think that'd be great. Um, it would be the first time Eichel's playing with some kind of serious names, even if they're, you know, best years behind them. I think that'd be really good for his his career. Yeah, totally. Just get him back on the ice. I I, I want him ready for the Olympics. That's like, the, you know, so that's what I was gonna say. I want to see him. You know, the the right now the I don't know if you saw this. Team Canada had to uh, or the IIHF wanted. Is that is that who it is? IHF for the Olympics. Yeah, either way, the IOC or the International Ice Hockey Federation. Yeah, so every team so has to name three players that are already on the team, and Canada named. Well, Crosby. part of a fifty-five man roster, they don't had to have been officially named. My understanding is that they're just on this fifty-five man roster. I've never seen this before, so it it confused me a little bit. However, Canada named Crosby, McDavid, Petrangelo. Um, Sweden named Landeskog, Sabanajad, and a third person I can't remember. But when you see Team USA name their three, you 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 would think Jack Eichel would be one of those guys, but he's not. Yeah, and then Austin Matthews followed by Jack Eichel would be pretty formidable. Um, who's behind him at that point on like the center depth chart? Brock Nelson. Yeah, you want to think Brock Nelson, but like I don't know, I'm trying to think back to when was it? That was 2014, right? Who's who's even around center? Who who's an <laughs> up and coming young American center? Uh, yeah, I kind of heard Dylan Larkin. Yeah, he, yeah, maybe not as a second line center on Team USA. You know, that's uh, that's tough. I mean, maybe Nelson does get a nod for that, but. For you know, for a third, fourth line center on that team, that'd be great. So I'm not, I'm not sure what it looks like without Eichel, but you kind of hope he's just ready for that moving forward. Yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to scroll through and and find what that uh that roster projection looked like. I I can't think of any any uh centers either. I mean, <laughs> in 2016, you had Kessler, you had Pavelski. Uh oh god. Yeah, no. <laughs> Even Corey Schneider's there. Oh maybe Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is a center. That's a young Yeah, it's young. You're right. That's that's not a lot of like you gotta look look at Team Canada up the middle. Alone up yeah. the middle. Like with Eichel, Team USA is on, kind of on its way. Like they're I don't want to say a heavy favorite, but like they're a team you have to go through. Yeah. You're you're definitely not happy about playing the US. Without Eichel, it's uh, that's a huge hole to fill. Yeah, no, you're right. It's and and that's that's the issue, right? We're now being, you know, we're, we're 
losing Jack Eichel for Team USA, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. And just hockey in general. And it, hockey in general. It just right. sucks. Yeah. It's absolutely. not it's not good for the game. Hopefully, you know, we can see this situation resolve itself soon. There are talk are talks that uh you know, a trade could be in the works. Does not necessarily, you know, the Rangers, like I said before, it was just one report uh, from Nick Kiprio saying that the Rangers have already stated that they're past the uh, medical issue and they're willing to work with him, but that doesn't mean that they're in the running. Um, so we'll see what happens on the Jack Eichel front. Maybe by next episode, we'll have something more to talk about regarding him. And next episode, season preview, real season preview. Yes, sir. We're, we'll be days away. Yes, sir. We will be two, two nights away. Or as you're, as you're hearing episode 81, it will be a singular night away from New York Islanders regular season hockey. And uh, yeah, lots of exciting things to come for this season, man. We have a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things ahead for us, including this Saturday. Uh, you can hear me on NHL Network's Sirius XM, The Hot Stove, uh, at 12.30 Eastern Time. James will be cooking live on the air. I assume that's what that is. Hot stove. I assume you're cooking some kind of meal. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'll be doing. Is it at no. least a hockey-related meal? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, now I'm blanking on a hockey-related meal. Give I don't know a... what that would be either. Chili? I feel like... Chili? I mean, for fan. I'm trying. I'm thinking like something that they would cook. Uh... Pasta. They yeah, all say pasta, pasta but pre-game meal, pasta. Dude, I don't know what I'm carbo loading for, but did you see the race is soon? I'm I'm gonna be in great shape for that. Did you see one of the supermarkets in uh, Boston uh, rebranded all of their pasta boxes with David Pasternak on it? No, but it's that's fantastic. Look it up pretty, on Twitter. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, but yes, you can hear me on Saturday at uh, twelve thirty Eastern Time, Channel ninety one, Sirius XM Radio, the Hot Stove. Um, just talking aisles. So, uh, if I don't see you there, I will see you the following episode, episode 81. We will be back to your regularly scheduled programming, uh, for a Wednesday morning release instead of Thursday, like you're listening to now or later in the week, whatever you're we, doing. We both hit a snag last night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And Mr. Nichols here got a new tattoo, which I didn't really see. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's just an eye, <laughs> but I got a I got a few things going on. I'm trying to finish up so I can be done with these on my arms. I'm getting, I'm getting sick of getting them on my arms. I want to finish. If you don't know by now, I'm all tattooed up over over here. I don't think I've ever really talked about it with anybody in my hockey life. No, I, people forget that I am too. Yeah, and then I, I yeah you have quite a few more than me, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> like after the winter, people are like, oh my god, you. You have tattoos. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe we'll make a behind the scenes episode one day. We'll just talk about our tattoos and, 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 and the fact that we're both drummers and we're in bands and stuff. People might want to know about that stuff. Could be fun. We can relive our. Yeah. Armor lives. Uh, a little Let bit. us know. Comment to us on Twitter. Maybe on our next episode tweet that you uh, want to hear from us in our personal lives. And, you know, some things that uh, we do besides just talk about the Islanders on, on Nassim and Hockey podcast. This is a big part. Uh, yeah, no, this is a, a, the main part. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're 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 deep in it now. You're a whole different, uh, <laughs> whole different animal these days. I don't know how to handle it. But <laughs> come on, um, enough. 
Yeah, and then we'll um by the time well by next episode we'll have an announcement that you have already heard. Um, but there's something brewing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a beer. We don't have a beer sponsorship. That'd be pretty dope. But um, <laughs> something is something is cooking on the way. Uh, not you'll, pasta. You'll, it's not pasta either. God <laughs> damn it. Um, but really, just this isn't gonna be very exciting for anybody. Um, two of the most important things in my life: beer and pasta. Um, but yeah, so late this week, early next week, uh, you'll hear about something that we're involved with. Yeah, that's uh, coming to fruition that we're excited about. Um, yeah, a new way to keep you fixated on your Islanders content. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be cool. Ho- we hope that you enjoy what's coming, and uh, it will be it'll be a new adventure for us. So, uh, hope you join us for that that ride. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. We want to say thank you to DraftKings and Manscaped. Use that THPN promo code with DraftKings and NHP20 promo code with Manscaped. Also want to say thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and, of course, all of you, our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to or watch it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nasman Hockey. You can also join our Discord for a safe space to chat with fellow Islander fans. And lastly, you can find my work at theforththeory.com and John's work at thehockeywriters.com. Until next time, everyone, let's go Islanders.